0: Welcome to The Liberated Life. Get ready to free your mind, body, and spirit in business and pleasure. Now here's your host, Robin Quinn Keen. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Liberated Life. This is Robin Quinn Keen. I'm very excited today to have Stacy Golden-Lisnock on the show. Stacy and I met several months ago, and I really want what she has. So I hope that you'll see some uh, of what you might need from Stacy too, when you get to know her. So Stacy spent over 30 years helping people with their finances. Then she had a health crisis that changed everything for her. She now helps people to be ready if they should have a health issue or worse by getting personal and legal documents together now. Most people have no idea what's involved or even where to begin. So she loves helping to get the ball rolling and making it possible for everyone to say, I got it together. I really need to get it together, Stacy. So... Tell me a little bit about you and how you did arrive here. Really curious to know the big story.
1: Well, <laughs> it all started. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I looked back at my history and it looks like uh, I fell into this like quite just like I was born this way, right? I always was a planner and seems like I always planned everything. Um, I actually got through college in three years. That was a big plan. and. Yeah. And then I got, I was a homeowner by 23. That was a huge plan. And I, I really, that was my goal in life. I think after I got out of college and I got my first house, I I had arrived, right. Uh, And then I became a financial advisor and I was, I was in my twenties as well when that happened. So I just love planning things. And, and I just want to like, help other people to be prepared and what more preparation thing to be prepared for than something that happens to everybody across the board. At some point in their life, they're either going to get ill or or they're going to get, uh, have an accident, but everybody's going to die at some point. And so there isn't anybody out there that could say, Oh, that's not for me. Um, I'm just not interested. They can say they're not interested. That's, I can't say they can't say they're not interested, but um, to me, I'm like, I don't want people to think bad about me. Like after I'm gone, I don't want them going through my stuff going, oh, we thought she was all that. And uh, turns out she didn't have any of this stuff together. And it happens to a lot of people, a lot of professional people that you think have it all figured out. They are lacking a <laughs> big time, but it's because they don't take the time and they don't know where to
0: start. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very interesting. And so I was really fortunate. My brother and I were very fortunate. My mom passed away in her early 60s, almost 20 years ago. And my dad died like 10 years after or seven years after my mom. And they had it together. My dad was an airline captain. He was organized. My mom was a school teacher. She was organized. So when my dad passed away, he had told us, here's where the folder is. Everything's in it all of his passwords, all of his accounts, everything we needed. And so we were through it all within, you know, maybe six months. And, you know, there are things, accounts to close and people to contact and it takes time. But it was a very straightforward process as compared to a friend that I have who's been dealing with her dad's estate for at least the last five years that I know of. There's always something else that's getting, that's coming up, being revealed and so since you and I met Stacy, I've thought about I am not as organized as I would like to be. I don't have things in such a place where my kids could just literally pick up a folder and know exactly who they needed to call and how to access my accounts. So this is a big deal because I think when I have that handled, the idea, you know, my show is The Liberated Life, Set Yourself Free in Business and Pleasure. I think this applies to the whole thing. like. I am no longer concerned about that. I have the freedom of mind, right? I have the space to say, okay, that's handled. I don't have to worry about it. And it also means for my kids, they're not in the middle of something strenuous for years or whatever it is to resolve it. So how did you make that shift from working on financial advising to this particular area, which is helping people get their stuff together?
1: So when I had the health issue, and the health issue was a virus—not coronavirus though—it was the uh, shingles virus. And a lot of people say, "Oh, I had shingles too. It really wasn't that bad." Well, the shingles that I had was bad, and I was, I, for all you know, words that you could come up with, really bedridden. And I, I mean, it's for me to walk from one part of the house—which I don't have a huge house—but from what to go just to go, I was exhausted. Like there was nothing that I could actually do, and I was really thinking I might not get better. I mean, it just took so long. And so in that space and in that frame of mind, I was like, you know what, I really don't have my stuff together. And if, if, if I don't make it through this, I'm going to be revealed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that. So I thought, you know what, as long as I'm going to be doing the research and getting it together for myself, I might as well make a business. And really the truth of it is, it's not that much different than being a financial advisor, because that's, really what I was doing as an advisor, pulling together all what they have, you know, what are your assets? What are your liabilities? What are your goals? And and doing it with that part of their life, where this is taking everything that they have and and documenting it. And then the most important part of this whole process is having the conversations. And some, especially some older people, and it's not just older people, but I see it a lot in older people, they won't even go there. Like they don't want you to know their business, but you you have to. And at some point, you know, that topic has to come up. I've seen it where uh, families won't broach the subject. And in one particular case that I could tell you for sure, I got a phone call and it was an insurance uh, client had died and it was the daughter-in-law calling. And she's like, my father-in-law's passed away. Um, I was going through his records and it looks like he has this life insurance policy. And I looked it up and it had lapsed. And I said, well, the policy lapsed, he stopped paying whatever month it was. And she says, ah, that's when he moved in with us. And I, you know, we didn't want to pry. So they didn't pry and guess what it cost them a hundred grand. And there's no going like the company isn't going to say, oh yeah, we could see where that was. He paid like for eight years on this contract and then he got sick And, and then he moved in with them so they could take care of him, but they didn't do that one thing, which was dad, let us handle your, your bills. What, give me your bills Let's see what's coming in. They didn't look through his mail. They didn't make sure things were, were taken care of. So that was a huge, huge thing. And, and that really bothered me. I I did go to bat for them with the insurance company, but it was a bit ridiculous. You know what I mean? They're not, they just laughed at me. It's like, it's a contract. And if you breach the, the contract, then we don't pay the money that's it.
0: Yeah, of course, that makes sense. And you're right. I think it is something that we don't really want to discuss with other people. Um, You know, it's private. And some of us might be embarrassed by our spending, right? That could be something some of us could be just protective of what we have. And we don't want anybody to know because we have some weird story about if they know, they'll expect something from me or if they know I'm vulnerable to some bizarre attack from some scammer, like, I don't know, but there are probably lots of stories that get tied up in having people know what we make, what we have um, in savings, what we're invested in, what, what credit card bills or debt we've incurred, right? Like, but, but, and I don't, just like you, Stacy. I don't want it, you know, what if I had an accident and I'm gone and now it's all revealed anyway and wouldn't it be better if it just wasn't a shock? Right. I, I have right. my will, I have my, I have everything lined up and so for my kids who will inherit everything from me, it's an easy, straightforward process of saying, here's mom's will, here are her investments, here's how it's being dispersed. Here's what she owes on whatever credit she's got, right? That would be so much better on the receiving end. And the only, the reason I'm saying this too is just um, my parents had their finances and all of that stuff together. But what happened with my mom when she died um, young, really early sixties, she had a whole house full of things. And she tried to go through some things, but she wasn't really well enough to get through a lot. And so I ended up with my mom's lifetime of belongings. My dad sold the house and bought something smaller. And so I literally spent 15 years sorting through my mom's stuff. So whether it's physical stuff or it's financial stuff, it is a burden when you inherit the stuff and you don't know how to sort it. So so tell me more, Stacy. what kinds of what kinds of documents and things are, do you help people pull together? I don't really have a, a sense of a comprehensive list, obviously investments and a will and like outstanding debt, but is there more to it than that?
1: Well, I actually, I created a course and it's still in the work, So I can't say that it's available yet. It is on my website though. So you can see the outline, the website's got it together now.com. And so the, the modules I, I've put together there's six of them, and so I'll just run through them just so you get an idea. The, the first one, and the reason why it's number one, I think it's the most important. If you have to like categorize them by importance, is the estate planning part. So that's the will, the trust, the healthcare directive, the power of attorney for the the things that you have to have in place so that you don't get stuck in court, so that you don't get a bunch of you know legal bills. Um, because it wasn't done up front, it's so much cheaper to do it ahead of time than to do it on the back end. If you end up through probate, like on a property, there are like base uh, expenses that are a percentage of the value of your house, not the equity in your house. Your house could be mortgaged to the hilt. So you could have a $600,000 house and a $550,000 mortgage. You're gonna get charged on 600,000 to run it through probate. And it's not cheap. So you're talking tens, if not hundreds, thousands of dollars to do a probate. And the time, and I'm in California, probate in California is a long process. So you're talking if you've got somebody that lives out of state or out of the area, California is big, right? You could live in Northern California, Southern California. You could live in another part of the state and it's a, a you know, an inconvenience and a trip and an expense and time off and all the things that you're you're hijacking somebody's life if you don't take care of this. And that's where, why that's number one. Um, the At the end, I know we're going to give something away, but it, it comes under this category and it's a healthcare directive that I'm going to encourage people to do because everybody 18 plus should have this in place and it saves so much time and energy and and everything else. Um, so number two, the module two I have is insurance reviewing and um, updating insurance. So insurance is just a big category and we can, can't really get into it here, but just as a broad brush, insurance is second. Credit and debt is the third one. And like what you were saying, gather together all of your credit cards, the ones that have balances and the ones that don't have balances. They need to be closed out and they need to be brought to light. And sometimes you don't carry them all with you. Sometimes you don't carry any of them with you. Where do you have them hidden? Or what drawer are they in? What little box are they in? People have them all (laughs) <laughs> different kinds of places. Sometimes I forget where I put the ones I'm not carrying around, you know, so I can only imagine. Um, and then your debt, you know, you've got different debts. Sometimes it's uh, uh, student loan kinds of debt. Other times it's mortgage debt. Sometimes it's uh, unsecured debt, just all kinds of different things. Um, you might have a personal loan with somebody that you need to pay off. So that all needs to come to light. Uh, the next module is about investments. And so that would include your retirement and real estate and savings and things and uh, CDs. So how you have your accounts titled is important. Go through all of that. Uh, budgeting and planning. So if someone said has to come in, like if I was so ill that I could not even pay my bills, which luckily I was able to, most of my things are on auto pay, but... Um, so I didn't have to do a whole lot, just make sure the money was in there. But um, if somebody else had to come in and take that over for you, how would they know what bills they need to pay, right? So you need to have this laid out. And while you're at it, we're going to do a budget. Make sure that you're know that you actually spending the money where you need to be spending the money. And sometimes people are wasting a lot of money, you know. And then the final plan. So uh, module six is final plan. So that's pre-planning for your burial or your cremation or whatever your final wishes might be, because again, that's another place where people just because emotions are so high at that point, they overspend. Like you might not want this elaborate casket and a $2,000 pillow, right? You don't want your kids to spend money on like that because you don't care, but they feel an obligation possibly, or they get pressured by the sales. <laughs> this is the last person pillow you'll ever buy for your mother. So, you know, who cares if it's $2,000, Right. <laughs> it's like, things like that. So anyway, those are the six modules. Um, and then I do have some bonus bonus ones. And one, the first one I'll mention is internet and social media presence and all your passwords and things like that. So that's another area where it's, you're at a loss. If, if, if something happens to you and you haven't disclosed how to get into your accounts, it could take years for somebody to find out things because if you haven't done a will and you don't have a trust and you don't have a way for somebody to get into your accounts, they're not getting into your accounts. And so I've I've talked to people where it's been years and they still are fighting to actually get in and find out things. So it just makes life so much easier for those that you leave behind.
0: That's quite a comprehensive list. And I know that's, there are lists within the list, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Going through this, I realized, okay, these are for people that haven't got their stuff together, right? So I don't want to make it so deep that each section takes them too long. It's not not like a a college course for each one of these, right? So the first one called Got It Together is just getting what you have together. This is what I have. This is what it looks like. Now I'm done. It's all together. We've had the conversations. The second course, the second, I'm calling it a trilogy. My second course will be got it together, a deep dive. Hmm. Now we look at each thing deeper and now we see what kind of investments, what kind of insurance, what kind of debt you're in. All of it. It's a deep dive, not, not like the first course where all we did was just gather it up together. Mm-hmm. And then the third course is going to be got it together immersion. And that's going to go way, way deeper into, into you, like your ancestors and your, um, mental, like like, like your um, uh, there's there's so many things in it and and it's and it's obviously a little ways down the road, but it's it's more a, it's more a coaching kind of a thing where you're looking at yourself and where you are in life mm. and where your consciousness is and things like that. So it, it'll it'll turn out to be more of a transformational mm. thing with the looking at like. My son brought this up to me and this is why I'm I'm saying these things, but he goes, he's 27. He goes to the doctor and they want to know his health history, family health history. He doesn't know much, right? My parents, he doesn't know anything about their health history. And not that we sit and talk about our health history. So he doesn't know how to answer the questions. And he brought this up to me and he, and he gets curious. So things like that, like just to know what your health history is from your from your ancestors, like it could just be as far back as your own parents and, and your grandparents, like what's going on with them. And so that's part of that, but that's, that's where it started. And then it started growing into this other thing. And I thought, I'm really excited about the whole trilogy thing.
0: That sounds really awesome, Stacey. All of it is so needed. And I like that there is not an initial deep dive. It's just the gathering of the awareness that I need something, the the, the securement of whatever that thing was I needed. So if I need to go to the attorney and get my will updated or whatever, um, those things are really helpful because they're not top of mind. Like they flit through my awareness, especially if somebody I know has an accident or passes away, it's like, ooh, I wonder what they had together. And then just my awareness of a couple of my clients who have been in probate in California, particularly for years and years and years. So I wanted to circle back to one of the first things you said when you were talking about these things that it it hit my radar the first time we spoke, which was that our children, if we have children who are 18 or older, they need their own health care directive and I know that because there was something that came up. Well, my daughter Madeline had a baby and, you know, there was, I was able to be in the room when the baby was delivered and all of that, but she had to sign certain things for me to be present and to be allowed to do certain things. And that was the first time I went, Oh, she is a grown up. She's 22 and I'm her mom, but I don't have access anymore. And so thinking about my youngest who just turned 19, when you said this, I thought, wow, I really need to know. What's going on with her? If something were to happen to her, I need to be able to manage her care, right? And and we don't unless we have some a directive in place. Is that right?
1: Right. So for for young people, there's a whole and and I'm seeing more and more of this. I just saw something Susie Orman put out, and um, an attorney that I deal with a lot put something online um, about this 18 plus. So it's starting to become more and more. Um, out there so that parents can see this, but I, you know, my kids went through college and they went through everything. I I didn't even have any of this stuff either in place, but the reality is when you send your you know, kids out or they go to college or even just living at home, you know, they do kind of risky things at that, eight, that 18 year old. Apparently there's all these statistics about alcohol poisoning and car accidents and all these, th- I found out my son and I probably shouldn't say this on here, but my son um, told me one time he did something that, I'm not going to say it because he he would get in trouble, but he should have never done. And I'm like, I couldn't believe my son would do something like that, you know, but had he gotten killed doing it, which would have been very possible, I would have been like, that's the reality, right? Or if he would have gotten injured. So the things that are recommended for a young adult, which would be 18 and older, would be um, this healthcare directive uh the one that i'm recommending does is it's like a living will as well so the healthcare power of attorney gives you the right to to list an agent uh to make decisions on your behalf if you should not be able to speak for yourself which is really important because otherwise if you don't have that in place the doctors make the decision even if you the parent are there you're not even allowed to go in the the room into the icu or any of that you're just totally like a stranger which is really bizarre to me but that's how it is. And it's a reality for people that this has happened to. Um, the living will is where the wishes about like artificial life support and, and all that kind of stuff. What do you want to do to, if you're at your end of life kind of thing, but in this healthcare directive, I noticed that it, it applied both of those things together. So I'm not an attorney, but when you go in there and see, you'll, you'll see what I mean. They ask you some very deep and sometimes very emotional questions that you have to come up with an answer to do this. But look, if you're going to become emotional over it and have a hard time, how's somebody else going to make a decision for you? Like if you don't even know what you would want, right? So so come up with what you want and then everybody will know. And then the, the other thing is the HIPAA waiver, you know? So the HIPAA, that's like, so you can add, like you can call their dentist and you can talk to their doctor and all this. Otherwise they won't even tell you anything even about their appointments and stuff. It gets very bizarre. Um, And then there's other things for, to be able to handle their finances. One thing that's important to know is if your kids have their own bank account or their own stock account or whatever, they need to list a beneficiary on those accounts. Otherwise it is years of mess, just trying to get to those accounts.
0: Hmm. So
1: you want to make sure, even if it's not a lot of money or anything in there that, that they, that they know that they need to list beneficiary. And all the banks allow it, and the, and the stock firms allow that.
0: So, Stacey, there, you've brought up so much, and I know we don't have a limited time, but um, some of these questions that are popping into my mind as we're talking is like, okay, so do I need to go to an attorney? Can I just go to my bank to list the beneficiaries? Certainly my financial advisor can handle listing beneficiaries, right, on all of my accounts, my whatever my investments are. Um, it sounds like it's a mix. It doesn't sound like a one-stop shop, like just go to an attorney and get all these things up, drawn up. It sounds like it's in a, is it in a variety of places that you have to do these things?
1: Well, you know, a lot of them you can do on your own. So, you know, what my whole goal in having this website, got it together now, is, is having lists of resources that you can pick and choose. I, you know, I want to have a variety. I'm not I'm not being a financial advisor. I'm being a financial advocate, doing the research, saying, hey, these are the things that you should look into and putting together that course, which gives a little bit of uh, uh, what is, it, it puts the whole thing together in, in more uh, semblance. And so to answer your question, the healthcare directive is like the, thir- the first thing you should have, everybody should do. And so to get that, I actually did a code word would be Robin. So if you text Robin to this phone number. So it's, and I think you'll put it in the show notes, but it's 714-709-2027. And just text the word Robin. It will put you into a page you sign in and it'll, it'll get you onto the, my directives. That's a free service. And, and it's free because the hospitals and doctor groups pay for it because it helps them so much. They are able to look somebody up when they're brought in in an emergency and see if they have something on file there. And you do have something in your card, in your uh, wallet, a card in your wallet. But some of these other things like the HIPAA forms, you can get it at your doctor's offices and, and you know, the the uh, financial one. Most of these things are free. You can get them and just make sure you have them and that you have them properly witnessed or notarized because every state is different. And that's one other point. I know you're running short on time, but the, um, the, uh, if they're away at a different state, for college, you need to have two sets of documents, one for each state, because sometimes the states have different rules. And as a caveat to the whole thing, once you even have everything, it's iffy whether or not they're going to recognize it.
0: But we do our diligence. We do our best that's right. have the that's people right. together and give ourselves a shot at not being so stressed out. And, right. you know, like I said earlier, just having these things, in the back of our minds without having taken action, those things are what I call open loops. Like I know I need to do this. And when we have those open loops, they actually drain our time and energy and they distract us. So why not just liberate yourself from that kind of worry and take care of it so it's done. And like I said, I'm so grateful to my mom and dad for handling their stuff. And I remember as a kid, I remember them going to an attorney like multiple times about a trust and they, they had this whole huge plan in place so that my brother and I really had very few decisions to make about anything. And like you said, when everything's emotional, if you had experienced the loss of a parent or anyone in your family, it is emotional. So decision-making at that point is really challenging. So why not just handle it now based on, you know, reason and logic and not so much um, emotion and have it ready. Well, I've loved our conversation, Stacy. I want to ask if there's anything else that you want to add before we wrap up today.
1: I just want to encourage everybody to take this seriously. And, and you're so right about that uh, freeing up. I, I call it like bandwidth. Like you only have so much bandwidth. I don't, that word just keeps coming up. And if you have things done, it just feels so liberating. It really does. And now you have space to do other things like really see what it is that you love to do and, and do that because you only have a limited amount of time and we don't know how much time we have and just stay safe out there. Everybody take it seriously. This COVID thing is a whole new reality. And, um, I hope you'll check out my website, got it together and, and, and order your, uh, <laughs> your healthcare directive. Give me, um, by, by, uh, Typing in Robin R O B I N.
0: <laughs> Wonderful, Stacy. Well, it was a pleasure having you here, and um, this has been a great reminder that this is something I need to take care of, and I want to take care of it. I don't need to; I want to, and That's I right. get to. And so, such a great thing that you came into my life and um, pointed these things out, because I think we all we we do ourselves and our children anybody else in our family a great service by handling this so that they don't waste their time handling whatever mess we left behind such a great such a great reminder so thank you so much
1: thank you for having me this has been fun
0: you're welcome this is the liberated life and we'll see you on the next episode thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also get more great information at quittingculture.com.